Full Scope, Human Longevity and Performance Podcast. We want you to become the most exceptional, high-performing version of yourself. And to facilitate this, we are giving away the Longevity Fundamentals Handbook absolutely free. This is a tremendous resource that will tell you the lifestyle behaviors and mindset that will lead to the best outcomes and longevity. To get this, go to our website, wondermedicine.com or fullscope.org, put in your email, and we will send you this amazing resource, the Longevity Fundamentals Handbook. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about three things to improve your longevity that you need to do today. You need to start doing these things now. These things will change your life. They're simple. The important thing is the details, but start doing them now. I'm going to recap what those three things are, and then we're going to specifically talk about the details of each of them. And all of these things will be multiple podcasts in the future because there's so much to say about each of them. But the three things are, number one, exercise. Please, everybody, stop pretending you care about longevity and health if you are not exercising regularly. You are lying to yourself you're kidding yourself and you're not doing the most important thing you can do for your body and brain today. The next important thing is sleep. Sleep is critical to body brain function. Stop neglecting sleep. Our culture of not sleeping is not serving us. It's bad for our kids. It's bad for our adults. Start sleeping. We'll dive into that one as well. And the final thing is perseverance with positivity. Perseverance is the ability of someone to endure hardships and keep moving forward. Obviously, if you are interested in longevity, you are going to want to have this important personal trait. Okay, exercise. This should make a lot of sense to you. I always say to my elderly patients in the hospital, bodies in motion stay in motion, but bodies that stop soon stop forever. What happens when we get old? We get debilitated. We're not as strong. We're not as fast. Our balance isn't as good. We can't move as well. Our range of motion decreases. This is the process of aging. The way to combat that directly is to exercise and move regularly. But the devil is, of course, in the details. Additionally for exercise, believe it or not, it is the best way to provide good brain health to yourself. Other than sleep, of course, which is probably more important. But if you want to prevent dementia and have a great working brain, start exercising regularly. I think about exercise as a bank account. For instance, I played competitive athletics for a number of years, and I built up a lot of muscle coordination, balance, and exercise reserve because of that. And, and people that do that are able to live off of that reserve for a long time before they start to fall below the baseline. 
but a lot of people don't have that reserve to begin with. And so as people start aging, I really talk to them about their muscle in terms of their muscle reserve. You are going to start losing muscle and strength every decade for the rest of your life. You know, we're talking as far as strength goes, like 10 to 20% per decade. And so build your bank account so that as you lose strength and muscle, you have enough so that you are not unable to stand up or get up off the ground when you become elderly. Additionally, your job is not exercise. Now, there may be some exceptions. If you are a professional, you know, rock climbing guide, your job probably is exercise. But if you are a construction worker or a laborer, this is not enough. You are going to need to build in some structured exercise to get the movement, strength, reserve, and cardiovascular fitness that you need. Additionally, walking is not enough. If you are 30 or 40 and you tell me that, oh, I walk, that is just not enough. Walking is the bare minimum for being a, uh, you know, a moving, living human. I know some people can't walk because of disabilities, but that is just an activity of daily living. It's really important. I want you to walk. I want you to move as much as possible, but it's not enough to just walk unless you are literally elderly. But even elderly people also need to strength train, need to work on movement stuff and all kinds of other things. The next thing, dynamic movements and big range of motion are going to help you a lot. Train in ranges of movement of ranges of motion and in movements that you are uncomfortable in because anything that you can't do limits you physically. I hope that makes sense to people. If you and stop avoiding the thing that you are most weak at. In the simplest sense, it's like okay, stop skipping leg day. <laughs> you know, you got chicken legs, you got a big upper body. What do you think is going to fail on you as you get older? But for a lot of people, they have an injury, they have a joint, they have something that they protect in baby. And I would say, just like anything else in life, lean into that weak point and make it so it's no longer a weak point because eventually as you age, that will become your Achilles heel. You will fail as a result of that thing. I think this is something difficult because part of exercising is not getting injured. You want to be slow and steady Get into it slow, progress steady, so that you never get injured. So if you are trying to improve that Achilles heel, I think working with an exercise physiologist or trainer or physical therapist or someone that knows what they're doing can be extremely helpful. Train in both eccentric and concentric movements. So when the body is, con or when the muscle is contracting and you're providing force or lifting is concentric strength. When the muscle is extending, that's eccentric strength. We use a lot of our eccentric strength for control. Like think about when you're walking down a hill and you're kind of stumbling and then you catch yourself. That's eccentric strength. Think about the idiots at the gym that deadlift, you know, 500 pounds and then they just drop the weight instead of controlled and, uh, you, you know, um, nicely lowering it to the floor. Those people lack eccentric strength uh, they don't look cool. They think they're cool because they're dropping a lot of weight, but they're just kind of annoying everybody else, and they're weak. Yes, you're a weak person who dropped the weights. Stop dropping them. Lower them controlled to the ground. Let's see what you really have. Okay, two final things. Actually, three final things with exercise. One is be results-driven. Look at how much you can actually lift. Look at what your VO2 max is or how many mets of exercise you can actually perform. 
I'm not going to sit here and prescribe you a certain amount of exercise because there's a big difference between the meathead at the gym who's sitting there on his phone doing an exercise every nine or 10 minutes and the person that is supersetting and literally getting a lifting workout in and a cardiovascular workout in at the same time. So be results driven because sometimes if you just say, do this for an hour, do that for an hour, it doesn't always lead to the results. So know what results you want and make that your target. The next thing is exercise. The most important thing for longevity, full stop. In recent studies, people who are extremely fit versus people who are not fit are four times less likely to die. That means you have a room, two people are in it, one person is very out of shape, one person is almost in you know, an elite physical condition. Every day, both of those people are alive. The one that's unfit is four times more likely to die. And there may be no upper limit to how much fitness can improve your longevity. So this has to be done. The next thing is, and it may sound crazy, but maybe think about ditching the chair. Our exercise physiologist, Callie, does not use chairs. It blew my mind at first. I was like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And she's like, I, when you use chairs, you get complacent. You stop using your full range of motion and you start to lose positions that you can otherwise not get in. Think about a toddler. They don't use a chair most of the time until we force them to in preschool or kindergarten. They squat, they move, they can do all this crazy stuff and then we lose that because we start to get comfortable. And I'm sitting there in my chair, slouched, talking to this exercise physiologist like, oh my gosh, you're right. I am <laughs> lazy and so is everybody else. So start sitting on the floor, ditch the chair sometimes, and see what you can really do. Okay, that's exercise. A lot of stuff there, a lot to unpack. I think I'm going to go over 10 minutes because this is stuff I'm really passionate about. But some serious, serious pearls there. Okay, sleep. Sleep's a big one, guys. Um, the, the research on sleep is incredible. We're learning more and more every day. And you need sleep to clean out your brain, process your emotions, heal your body, rebuild your immune system. I could basically name every little health, you know, kind of jargon slain, sl or jargon sane, and it would be relatable to sleep. So start giving yourself eight hours of protected sleep a night. If you can't sleep, a lot of times it's because you are not healthy. Unhealthy people cannot sleep. So start exercising every day regularly. Best to do in the morning. Start eating healthy food. Start doing enough stuff during the day so that you're actually tired at night. Yes, sometimes people who cannot sleep are not actually using their brains and body enough, and they need to do more so they can actually sleep. In the morning, the first thing I would do if I couldn't sleep is I would start exercising vigorously. Obviously, if you're not exercising at all, get into that slowly to avoid injury, but be consistent and work up over time and get yourself exposure to light. Get outside. That will help set your circadian rhythm or 24-hour brain clock. So get outside, get light. The longer time you can spend outside, the better. You know, if you could spend three or four hours every morning, that would be sensational. But even just 15 minutes will be a nice start, especially for busy people that live life indoors, you know, living and working. I want to make a note on sleep for kids. Um, we have a society that does not 
support children. We do not give them the things that they need. And we are waking them up really early for school. And there's been a lot of studies that if you just increase the, or you just move the start date up for school from like eight to nine, kids' test scores get so much better. If your kid has to wake up early for school, you need to really work hard to get the whole family to sleep so that your kid gets enough sleep. Because I think sleep is important, but I think it's, I think the population that is absolutely critical in more so than anyone else is kids, adolescents, and teenager, teenagers. They are growing, evolving, changing, and their bodies need sleep to do that stuff. Grow their brain. So get your kid enough sleep. It's so important. They need more than the eight hours for an adult. I'm not going to get into all those numbers now, but they will need more. So get them more. For sleep, avoid certain drugs and substances. They are not helping you. They are sedating you. They're putting you to sleep as if you were having surgery, but they're not helping. These are things like Z-drugs, Zolpidem. Basically, a Z-drug is a repackaged benzodiazepine. Benzodiazepines. Xanax, Ativan, Lorazepam, you know, all, those are both trade names and generic names, but benzos and D-drugs are a bad deal. They're associated with a higher mortality, meaning that if you're taking those things to sleep, your chances of dying earlier than someone who's not taking them are higher. So you probably would be better off just laying there, not feeling like you can sleep, than taking these drugs, because these drugs distort healthy sleep architecture, the progression of your brain through sleep that's needed to do those beneficial things. The other thing is alcohol. Don't drink to help you sleep. That also just sedates you. It is not a good strategy. Um, if you are drinking to sleep every night and you're drinking a fair amount, you're going to need to taper that off slowly as to avoid withdrawal, but that is not a good strategy either. Finally, cannabis, and most specifically THC I'm talking about here, tetrahydrocannabinol. Cannabis is often used for sleep, and it certainly does help put people to sleep. But in some ways, it's also like the sedative drugs above. People who use cannabis have way less REM sleep. This is when you're doing your most um, vivid dreaming. It's when you're processing your emotions. And what people notice when they use cannabis is they wake up more groggy, they have to sleep longer to feel the same, and I just don't think this is a good strategy to improve sleep. Uh, I think cannabis is a, a reasonable recreational drug like alcohol when used appropriately and intermittently, but I think that if you are using it daily to sleep or to do anything else, daily is never going to be a good equation with a substance. Okay, finally, actually, before I say that, finally, perseverance, and positivity. I've asked every patient I've ever had over the age of 90 what their secret is to longevity, because this really is an elite crew of people. Very few people make it to 90, and certainly 100 is a crazy elite crew. And over 90% of them have said one of these two things. Something along the lines of, keep moving, keep going, you know, just keep doing it. And the other thing is to stay positive. And so I'm going to title this this thing that I need you to do, persevere with positivity. Keep a positive attitude and just keep going. I think these people would say to everybody, toughen up, life is hard. And these people have had amazingly hard lives. The centenarians that I've met have often lived through world wars, depressions. They've experienced tremendous losses. They've seen most all of their friends die as they become elderly. Like this is some shit, people. 
These people have perseverance, and that should make sense. Anyone who is going to live long just doesn't give up. They keep going. They oftentimes keep going with a smile on their face. And if you want to be that long-lived person, get some grit and keep going. I think along with that goes work. Work, work, work. Retirement is a killer. Work gives people meaning in life. It keeps them active and engaged in society and keeps their brain active. So stop thinking about your retirement and start thinking about finding a job that you love, that you want to do forever and make it your purpose and calling. Force yourself to do things that are uncomfortable and difficult. If life is so easy all the time, you're not going to develop the toughness, the perseverance you need to go through the absolutely shitty, extremely terrible process of getting old and being in pain and not having your brain work as well. So force yourself to do the hard things, the uncomfortable things. Like I was saying above with exercise, force yourself to do the movements in the range of motions with the parts of your body that you're least comfortable doing because that's the thing you need the most. And that's not just an exercise pearl in life, that's everything. So one thing I do oftentimes in the morning is I take an ice cold shower and I literally say to myself, and I know this is like bad words and stuff, but I say, get in the water, you bitch. Like I, like I just, I just make myself do it. It's, it's cold at first. It's hard, but I think it just toughens you up. So get in and do it. Like I said, lean into your weaknesses, make yourself do hard things that are difficult Put yourself in painful situations so you toughen up and develop the perseverance and don't give up because living long is all about not giving up. Okay, guys, those are the three longevity tips, and you have to do them right. Just saying the things is not enough. Everybody is saying these things, but you need the actionable insights that are going to make it worthwhile. So exercise, sleep, and persevere with positivity. Thank you so much for listening to the Full Scope Podcast and investing in your health. I'm Dr. Bill Randenberg. If you're enjoying the content, please rate, review, and share this content with all of your friends online and all your social media platforms. Please understand that this podcast is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure your specific medical condition. This podcast does not create any type of doctor-patient relationship between myself, Dr. Brandenburg, and you, the listener. If you do need help with your life, with your health, with anything regarding your longevity or performance, please check out wondermedicine.com. Our longevity and performance program is the best in the world and is ready to help you right now, today, become the best possible individual you can be. Thanks. Bye-bye. Pew.